Chapter 25, A Hurricane Party Mama, Dale panted minutes later as we blasted through the door. Help us! Miss Rose stood phone to ear in the living room. Where on earth have you two been? She cried, lowering the phone. Where's Deputy Marla? Miss Lana's hurt, I gasped. Lana, where is she? Blood, I said, my voice sounding far away. At Miss Blalick's place. Who's on the phone? Is it Lavender? Dale asked, reaching out. Let me talk. Lavender? I hugged the packet underneath my shirt and sobbed. Miss Rose lifted the phone. Lavender, they're back and... Hello? Hello? She dropped it. The line's gone dead. She pushed me gently onto the settee. Tell me what's happened. Dale sat beside me and she pulled a chair close. Take a deep breath and start at the beginning. I went through the story step by step. She listened, her green eyes searching our faces as the words tumbled out. Where's Slate now? I don't know, I said. The colonel said he'd lead him away from Miss Lana and save her. The next thing I knew, Slate was in our house. That's all I know. She sat back and stared out the window. The wind charged across the tobacco field behind a ragged band of rain and slammed the house, rocking it. In the distance, I heard a crash, a tree hitting the ground. The lights flickered. A lawn chair tumbled across the yard to a barbed wire fence. If the colonel said he'd rescue Lana, he's probably done exactly that, she said. But you didn't see the blood on the floor, on the wall. We have to save her. She put her hand on mine. We don't know whose blood that was. I do know. I saw Miss Lana's handprint. If that was her handprint, we know she had blood on her hand. And that's all we know. We don't know whose it was or how it got there. If we're going to assume, let's assume in a positive direction. My money's on the colonel, she said. She headed down the hallway and returned a moment later with her shotgun. But in case Slate wants to come calling, let's ready a welcome. What about Joe Starr? Dale asked. Her eyes went hard as emeralds. Marla had me fooled, she said. Joe Starr could have fooled me too. We'll assume they're working together until we know different and hope he doesn't drop by. He won't. He's staying at Miss Retzel's, I said. He radioed in while I was flattening Deputy Marla's tires. You flattened her tires? She flipped into mother mode, just like that, like a werewolf growing hair beneath a full moon. Maybe, I said, sliding the colonel's packet onto the coffee table. Let me try to remember. I studied her a moment. Just out of curiosity, how would you feel about flattened tires if it was true? She narrowed her eyes. Let's see. Marla sat at my table and plotted against us, helped kidnap my friends, and held a gun on you on Dale. If you flatten her tires, Mo, I believe I could take it in stride. She's on the rims all the way around, I said, and she smiled, unleashing dimples. So, I said, what's our plan? Our plan is to stay safe and wait out the storm. She held up her hand like a traffic cop, stopping my words. It's too late to go out there, she said. It's too dangerous. We stay here until the storm passes, and then we'll find the colonel. Would you put the candles around, please, ma'am? She said, handing me a box of matches as the light flickered again. Dale, I need a hand in the kitchen. I hated it, but I knew she was right. I set the candles out just in time. The lights died as Miss Rose and Dale spread armloads of treats across the coffee table. Oreos, cheese puffs, chips, pretzels. Dale grinned. We normally eat boring during a hurricane, but Mama's making you feel at home. She's a natural-born hostess. 
Thank you, Miss Rose. Miss Lana's hurricane parties are famous countrywide, as well as in Charleston. On hurricane days, when most women fill their grocery carts with bread and milk, Miss Lana loads ours with candy, cakes, and tapered candles. If I die in the storm, I'll drift away in the arms of a sugar coma and candlelight, she always says. Miss Rose pulled the card table out of the closet. My pleasure, Mo. Dale, get the card, she said. I need a party. For the next few hours, Hurricane Amy battered the house and screamed through window screens. Razor-colored rain slashed sideways, shredding leaves, toppling trees. Anybody that says he ain't scared in a hurricane is a liar or a fool. That's what the colonel says. A hurricane spins up like you're nothing and takes your world apart like it's nothing too. There's no time time in it. No sense of the sun moving, no waxing or wanting light. All you can do is breathe and ignore the world flying to pieces beyond your door. To keep calm, we played cards, ate junk, and laughed too loud. After a parade of losing hands, I found myself staring at four fat aces. Dale bit his lip, a sure sign he's bluffing. All or nothing, he said, pushing his pitiful three chips into the pot. Fine, I said, nudging a double handful of chips to the center of the table. Miss Rose stared from behind her mountains of chips. I think you're both bluffing, she said. All or nothing. What you got? Dale flipped his cards over. A pair of fours, he said, looking pleased. I snorted. Four aces. As I reached for the pot, the door slammed open and the storm screamed into the room. Snuffing out candles, knocking over lamps, Queen Elizabeth jumped up, barking as Miss Rose leaped to her feet. Dale, the door! Dale rushed the door, the wind pinning his shirt against his lean chest. A man stepped into the gloom, his face hidden by his doom. Dale, I cried, it's Slate. Miss Rose lunged forward, yanking Dale behind her. Get out, she shouted, throwing her weight against the man's chest. He staggered back, rocked forward, and grabbed her shoulders. Shut up! He growled and shoved her against the room, across the room. As he stepped inside, his hood fell from his face. Daddy, Dale said, backing away, what are you doing here?